Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. Today's topic is dissent. We've all seen it on the football pitch as spectators or watching on TV, and I would hazard a guess all of us have experienced it as referees on the pitch as well. It can make refereeing quite unenjoyable, and it really presents a challenge that us as referees have to deal with head-on, because as we'll get into in this podcast, if you let it simmer and fester, it can create a really unenjoyable match experience for referees. Not only for referees, but even from the outside, this end usually looks bad. And yeah, it's like not chaos. a nice look for the game, is it? Yeah, no, I, that's not what we want to see in football in general. Yeah, and it has a big contribution to, not that this is the topic of this podcast, but it has a big contribution to referees leaving the game. They experience too much dissent, dissent becomes abuse, and it, it creates a toxic, unhealthy environment. And unfortunately, a lot of referees say, no, I've had enough. This isn't worth my time. I'm going to go do something else on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I've never really met anyone that likes to be yelled at for 90 minutes every weekend. So that's quite understandable. (laughs) (laughs) So to start off with, how is dissent defined? What is dissent? So according to the laws of the game in the glossary, dissent is public protest or disagreement, which can be verbal and or physical, with a match official's decision, and it's punishable by a caution, which is a yellow card. So... Relatively straightforward definition. Anything to add to that, Ale? No, I think it. The glossary explains it really well. It's uh, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of different shades to what dissent can actually be, and how it can be read and dealt with. But we will delve into that later. And I think we, it's pretty easy when we've all seen it as referees and we've all seen it as spectators. So it's a great definition. It's very black and white how it's defined. Um, and sometimes it's good to sort of look at it also as black and white. Mm. Uh, one probably angle I, I just add on on top of that is, and you said we'll get into this later, which we will, but it says in the definition, dissent is punishable by a caution. Well, there is lots of different levels of dissent. Yeah. Um, you know, technically you could just say a player disagreeing with your decision or questioning a decision could technically be dissent, but it's not necessarily a yellow card. So that would probably be my only take is that, yes, a yellow card is a uh, a way of dealing with dissent, but not every single aspect of dissent needs to be dealt with with a yellow card. Yeah, and I think that's where it's very important to sort of break down the definition. And that's where that's the first word becomes really important, public. Yeah, true. Because dissent, in the, when we talk about dissent, we talk a lot about the perception of it. And what, what does it look like? Does it look like the same? Does it look like a simple conversation mm. that can play a big role uh, in mm. control management? And I know we talked about in other podcasts how, you know, how we can deal with, like, for example, goalkeepers or captains. And this is where it all comes together, how that, that perception of dissent. What does mm. it look from the outside? What does it look from the the, the, the goalkeeper on the other side of the um, of the pitch, what, what what do they think it's happening when they see this public dissent? One important aspect to touch on quite quickly, it's pretty black and white, is 
restarting play after descent. So obviously, if the descent occurs when the ball is out of play, that's simple, that's easy. We just restart with how play should restart. So if that, you know, if it's a uh, the restart is a penalty, the restart remains a penalty. If the restart is a throw-in, the restart remains a throw-in. But and this is quite rare, but we did see it in the Euros a couple of times. Yeah, so maybe lot, it will yeah. become a theme we will see more in refereeing and it could have a positive impact on, on dissent is that referees were stopping play in the Euros to issue a caution for dissent. So if you stop play to issue a caution for dissent, the restart is an indirect free kick. Yeah, and just on that, I thought it was really powerful, especially in the Euros, because if you think about a referee stopping a game to give an indirect free kick for dissent and a yellow card, Imagine if the player that's descending, um, if its team, if his, if their team was in possession of the ball and they potentially were going for an attack, and suddenly their descent actually stopped an attack for their team. So you actually really hold them accountable for what they're doing. So Jack, we talked about what is descent. How does descent for you impact match control? I think you and I have quite unique, not unique, but have different perspectives on it because obviously I referee a lot of football and you watch a lot of football, right? So we have two different ways of, of looking at it. Of course, you used to referee, but I'm talking, you know, where yeah. we're at now. But for me on the pitch, dissent is toxic to match control if left uncontrolled. It has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with head on. There is so many times I look back on games where I've maybe had match control issues or a player's caused a real problem. And there is nearly always a point where I look back and go, if I dealt with this in the second minute when he shouted at me, then I wouldn't have had to caution him for descent in the 55th minute, which then led to a second caution or whatever that may be. Um, Having said that, referees aren't responsible for the way players behave. So if a player wants to come run screaming at you, waving his arms around, jumping up and down like a jack-in-the-box, well, that's on the player and they need to be cautioned for dissent. So in a nutshell, how it impacts match control is that it can be a real danger to match control if left uncontrolled. If you let dissent go, then your ability to control the match will more than likely decrease. Yeah, I, I think I will dissent with your initial statement. I think we, we agree very much on this. And uh, I think you said it very well. Dissent, it's just not acceptable. And too often, too often referees have been told in the past that, you know, you sort of have to work with players. Yes, that's true. But working with players doesn't mean that we got to just stay there and take it. Mm. Because it looks horrible from the outside. It, it makes other players think that they are allowed to do that. If there is one person that just runs at you 40 meters out, hands waving in the air, screaming at you, and you don't deal with that straight away, whether it's in the first second or in the 10th minute or in the 90th minute, that allow, gives permission to everyone else on the pitch to do so. Gives permission to the team officials to do so, and gives permissions to to the audience, to the to the spectators to do so. So, I told it, there are different situations where dissent can be managed in different ways, but it's just not acceptable. Mm. Uh, even more so, I think, in grassroot a grassroot level, mm. because sometimes 
early intervention can really impact the way players relate to you and, and build a rapport with you and how you build a rapport with players. I'll always remember where during a game I was refereeing, this player was just a little bit too chatty and I told him, look, if you want to talk to me, we can talk for 90 minutes. But if you ever shout at me again, you're going to copy yellow. And players accept it. Mm. Um, and looking back, that kind of worked. So that's a situation, that's a way of dealing with it. But at the same time, looking back at it, I thought, well, maybe other players didn't realize that that conversation happened. Mm. And if I gave him a yellow and said that, I said, I cannot accept this because this is not how you should treat anyone. I mean, you wouldn't go to the supermarket and start yelling at the at the teller when you when you're checking out, right? So that's not acceptable on a football pitch. Same, same but at the thing. same time, you, your actions were clearly effective because it had a positive impact on player behavior. Exactly, and that's where every referee should really be able to sort of estimate and and understand where they're at. And we always talk about empathy for the game and understanding the game, and that's where that comes in. At the same time, if someone is coming at you screaming and shouting, well, that's you can have all the chats you want, but mm. problem is that you may have that com- effective conversation with them, but the next time something happens, someone from the other team will think that that's okay to do that. And that's where taking early action is important. They're almost the easier ones to deal with because it is yeah. so clear and it's expected that there will be a caution. The Sometimes what I find harder to deal with, I think, is... And I know teachers in classrooms face the same thing. It's that teachers call it low-level disruption, but you know, in football terms, mm. you could call it low-level descent. Um, and that's where you really have to. That's where you have to bring your your people management skills into refereeing, um, because they're not doing enough to deserve a caution, and they shouldn't be cautioned for it because it's not public, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it needs to be dealt with, and. That's where you can use your personality, talk, banter, like you did, Ale, right? I'd say that's an example yeah. of low-level disruption. And you dealt with it effectively to have a positive impact on the game. Yeah. And don't you love the ones that I think the perfect example of what you just described is those players that when you give them a free kick for their team and they just want to get in your head and they go, oh, there was never a foul ref. Yeah. Or they go and talk to one to the guy that make, made the foul and they go, oh, yeah, this ref is rubbish. He's not getting any right. That's still descent. They do it in a quiet way. They try to get in your head. And that's mm. really hard to manage because mm. there's no public remonstration, public mm. protest or disagreement. But it's that slight comment, that little thing that is said in order to get in your head. And that's where... Sometimes you can let it slide to start with, or then you have to decide whether you want to take it to the next level. Uh, and that's where I think this is leading to it's how is the scent perceived? Mm. Because obviously, as you said, the person screaming and yelling at you and running from, like, we always use goalkeepers as the best example. You give a free kick in the middle of the pitch and the goalkeeper runs 50 meters to come and scream at you. Easiest yellow card you could ever give in your life. <laughs> goalkeeper, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Go back. Here's your card. Mm. But when there's a midfielder next to you and goes, oh, ref, that was rubbish. Well, no one, aside from the two of you, know that that happened. Mm. And that's where you have to have those management skills you were mentioning. Mm. Because if you give him a yellow card right there and then, everyone's going to go, oh, what's going on? Yeah, you have to really, really sell it. You know, your body language has to tell everybody that that was for dissent. Um, because yeah. 
because it's just so unclear uh, yeah. to the people watching because, you know, people expect if they see a player run at the ref and there's a yellow, well, they go, okay, well, he ran at the ref, so he must have been saying something as well. Uh, that's expected, but the instance you said, it's probably not expected. So the referee almost has to become the the actor and explain and tell yeah. everyone else why that's happened. Yeah, very true, very true, because what's going to happen if you give the yellow that no one knows what it's for? Mm. First of all, the coach, ref, what was that for? And yeah. then all the players, all their teammates around, ref, what was that for? What happened? Yeah. What was that for? And then yeah. you have to go and explain, and, and that just creates more dissent, yeah. which is very yeah. counterproductive. Yeah, because all of a sudden we got everyone asking us questions. Yeah. And it just it just creates more problems. Yeah. And and that's obviously from what we've said, right, that's hard to do. So if it's only you and the player can hear it, unless it's at a level where really you need to take action because what he has said is unacceptable, then try and manage it. However that may be, use your personality, try and use a bit of banter of appropriate, um, you know, a, a sarcastic comment or something. Obviously you have to, helps if you know the player because you know what they might respond to better or not um because there's nothing worse as a referee of making a comment which you're trying to make to to kill a situation and it actually adds fuel to the fire so you know you need to be a bit sensible with with your choice of words but if you can deal with it one-on-one -on -one as a person then brilliant um and if you can impact that player for the rest of the game like you did Ale in your example then even better yeah, and that's where that's a very smart way to approach it because you can try, you give them a chance. If they don't take the hint and they keep protesting, they do it once, they do it twice, they do it three times, then mm. that's where you can actually step it up and you made mm. your life easier because you can put on that act, like Jack was saying before, where you can then blow your whistle the, the, the third time they do it, blow your whistle, call them aside from everyone and go one, two, three, enough, enough talking, mm. I don't want to hear from you anymore, I've given you three chances, you blew them off, third strike, that's your yellow card. Mm. And that helps you also putting up the, the show for everyone else to understand. Uh, because obviously at a first offence, it's a bit harder to say, oh, you've, you've said something bad, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's a bit harder to, um, to, to put on that part of the show. So that's where you've given them a chance, you give them two chances, and then you can really sell it very well. Uh, also because... I think in the spirit of the game, there can be disagreement. We're mm. always going to have disagreement, right? But sometimes we're going to get a decision right. Sometimes we're going to get it wrong. So it's totally fair that a, a player may even... It, we also need to think about frustration, okay? If a player just made a foul and nothing's going right on, in that game for them on that day, well, they're going to be frustrated and it's more likely they'll just say something because they're unhappy with themselves mm. rather than unhappy with us. So we have to have that emotional intelligence to also understand that, well, maybe they're just upset. Let let them get away with it for for once. If no one heard that, mm. uh, and then I can I can deal with it later if this repeats. Yeah, you can flip right back to it five minutes later. You say, hey, obviously you're frustrated. You know, hopefully you've you've got it off your chest now. But we can't talk to each other like that for the rest of the game. Is okay? Understand? And nine times out of ten, you'll get yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. And some players actually appreciate it. If even if you're just going, "Hey, you're right. <laughs> Is yeah. everything okay?" Because you look you look quite upset. And yeah. Like just yeah. If you need to talk to a, a, about anything, just let me know. Just make sure you're not screaming. Yeah. So yeah. we can talk. And they appreciate that because like, oh, this ref is actually okay. Mm. They're, they're, they're not a they're not an idiot, right? Which is uh, which is great. It's good to show your human side. Yeah, for sure. 
So I think we've we, we've touched on a number of strategies throughout this episode on how to deal with it. And I think all of the ones we've talked about so far can probably come under the the roadblock strategies, which is, yeah. you know, player management 101 of refereeing. We, we've touched on it before. So it's, you know, your quiet word, your public word, yellow card, using the captain all the way up to a, to a red card. All, everything we've discussed so far probably, probably falls into that. Um, one just to touch on a little bit more is probably the use of influential players. And we've discussed this at length in other episodes, but it, it can be a really, really positive way to deal with dissent. Um, and it's not always going to be the captain who's the influential player, but if you've got a player who's causing you a problem and you know his, I don't know, you know his uh, best mate is in the team, you might be able to use his best mate to say, "Hey, Johnny, Tom's being really, really difficult. He's not listening to me, but I think he's going to listen to you. Can you help me to control him?" And then when his teammate tells him he needs to calm down, wind it in, then that can be really impactful um, and can really, really positively impact match control because it's not only you dealing with this player it's actually you're getting his teammates to help you deal with them yeah absolutely another one and Ali you touched on this briefly with with your one just then around um asking your player you know are are you okay are you all right and it's it's having an understanding and being empathetic towards players and like we said at the start it's, it's not this isn't saying we have to we are accepting a level of dissent absolutely not but we're understanding that people do get frustrated. Football is a sport. People play a sport at the level we're refereeing because they want to win. Uh, yeah. They're probably not just there to have fun. They want to win. They're commit, committed. They're invested. Um, and as referees, sometimes we have to tell them they're wrong um, or in our view uh-huh. that they're wrong. And, and people don't like being told they're wrong. So naturally, the human reaction is to get upset, annoyed, angry, Um and sometimes we just need to understand that. For example, if a team is, you know, five nil down um, and you give a free kick against them, it could be the clearest free kick ever, the most simple free kick, but, and they, a player blows up. The reaction is, is nothing to do with you or your decision. The reaction is a result of the team being five nil down. That player's frustrated. Maybe the weather's rubbish as well. And it's a series of events has led to that. So that that's where empathy comes in and it ties in with, with the final point as a strategy if you're dealing with dissent and that that's simply being human. And it is something we bang on about a lot in this podcast and in my life on the line, but being human, being relatable, empathizing, understanding all of these skills are human people skills, they're interaction skills that they'll, they're used in the workplace. They're used on the football pitch. Obviously they're used with your friends, your families. And if you think of things through that lens, how would I like to be treated if I was on the other way? You know, how can I treat this person well to get a good outcome? Then it's going to have a really, or generally have a really positive effect on dissent. Some things we can't control, right? We can do everything we can, but a player might just have a brain snap. You think it wasn't dissent, but Zidane in the World Cup final, right? That was just a brain snap. That was not the referee's fault. Absolutely not. Nothing to do with the referee. Um, players can just have brain snaps and yes, we have to then deal with that as referees, but if we can be human and implement these strategies we've discussed, it can have a really positive impact on dissent in a game, which makes refereeing way more fun, way more enjoyable. Yeah. And that said, we obviously, these are things that come with a lot of experience. Yes, definitely. If you're a new referee, do not go out thinking that, oh, I'm going to be able to manage this sense straight away. Mm. 
that I'm going to be able to go out and uh, straight away understand what a player thinks and how I'm going to be able to uh, manage all these little things. That, that There's going to be times where you try to manage descent with banter and it's not going to work. And you're going to be able to adapt and be that nimble to just go, okay, well, banter is not going to work. I'll try something else. And with time, the more you do it, like everything in refereeing, then you're going to start learning and recognizing these patterns and these different type of players and this different type of character that then you'll be able to to deal with. And don't get me wrong, and I'm sure, Jack, you can confirm that, but every time there's new players in a league, like, for example, you've been refereeing in the MPL here in Victoria for many, many years. I refed in the same league for many, many years. Every year there would be someone new. So every year there would be a new player that you would have to learn to know. And sometimes maybe your assumptions were wrong and you thought they were a good guy and they would have listened straight away, but they didn't. So you had to go the hard way. Sometimes or the other way around, you thought you had to go the hard way, and turns out they were just nice guys that you could have talked to. Yeah, and sometimes you're just not going to get on with them because not everybody yeah. gets on with everybody. Exactly. So there's going to be again a big learning curve in how to deal with this, um, but ultimately, as long as we can really try and think about all these aspects all together and have all these tools in our refereeing toolbox. We'll get it wrong the first time, the second and third, maybe we won't. In today's podcast, we talked about dissent. We talked about what dissent is and how it's a public protest or disagreement. We touched on the technicalities of dissent. So how do we restart play after dissent? And then we got into a discussion about how it impacts match control and the perception of dissent. Is it public? Is it loud? Or is it more private? Only the referee and the player can hear it. Which led to us talking about strategies to deal with dissent. And the key one coming out of it was having human people skills, being able to empathise, being able to understand. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a ref coach whistle to show that you are part of the ref coach community when you're out on the pitch.